Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, Big 12 Media Days behind us, which means the countdown to fall camp is truly on. We're getting to what's next for the Red Raiders up ahead. Also, an exciting new way to make applesauce. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to see you again on Locked On at Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Always appreciate being your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. And Chris, great to be back with you once again, my man. We've got Big 12 Media Days in the rear view. Plenty to get to on that subject from a tech and league perspective. We'll also get to what's coming up next between now and fall camp for the Red Raiders. But Obviously, when we have that conference media days in the rear view, Chris, we are uh, truly on the downhill slope as we're getting closer and closer to fall camp, closer and closer to football season, and certainly something that has been a theme of this offseason, and I know stuck out to you as far as what we heard from Red Raiders, particularly their head coach, Joey McGuire, there in Arlington last week. Expectations remain very, very high, and I know there's a long list of challenges for the coaching staff and for team leaders as they enter the season but maybe at the top of that list Chris is just plain and simply managing those expectations and making sure between the years uh your guys are right man because the spotlight is is not getting any dimmer <laughs> as we get closer to kickoff yeah you know it was it was there was a couple of themes from a Texas Tech standpoint and you know I I think uh from you know obviously last week and I think that the, the managing expectations thing is something that, you know, they're, they're not alone in, in this. There's some expectations, obviously, for, for a variety of schools. I mean, Texas is having to deal with it as the favorite, even though I think they're getting asked, like, do you feel like you deserve to be the favorite? I mean, you know, so there's, you know, it's your last year in the league. I think Kansas State's, you know, managing expectations. Like, hey, man, okay, can you do it again? Um, and, and I think, you know, on and on it goes down the line. But I think it, it was funny because Joey lets you inside – his head a bit when he started talking about, and I thought this is pretty fascinating. He, he started to kind of say, this is what, you know, there, there are expectations with your team coach and, and you've kind of embraced it as you, as you talked about Callan, but he, Joey says something to the effect of, and one of the interviews that he did, it's like, this is what keeps me up at night. This is what I feel like my main job is right now. It's not, you know, picking whoever's going to start at whatever position. It's not, you know, what player are we going to call uh, against this formation, whatever, football-wise. It's how do I get these guys to, you know, because I think he admitted there's a lot of guys that have never, you know, been on a championship type, you know, journey like like they he thinks they may have a chance to go on, and so this is going to be foreign to some of these guys. How do they how do they handle it? How do we manage it? What 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 is what buttons do I you know try to push each day to keep them, you know? And and I think he talked about he goes I've always had a countdown clock, you know, and and like the weight room and stuff and. You know, Michigan's famous for having that countdown clock, and it's however you know how many hours and minutes and days you have left before you play Ohio State. 
But he's like, our countdown clock counts down to the first day of fall camp. He goes, it's not doesn't have Wyoming on it. It doesn't have, you know, some other opponent on there or the opener or the the home opener or whatever. It's the first day of of fall camp because I want them to stay in the moment and all those things. But it was pretty it's pretty interesting because uh, I think he was very transparent there, you know, talking about, hey, this is what kind of I worry about about my team is making sure that we we handle this and that we embrace it and that we're okay with it and that we hit it head on and maybe he's worried for nothing. Yeah, enjoy it. I about enjoyed it at one point or another too. I mean, yeah. I think that staying in the moment deal is uh, is key because you know I was watching the Netflix quarterback series and I'm watching Patrick Mahomes go through his Super Bowl season and I, I'm I'm thinking during those some, some of those moments where he's on the bench, it's a defensive possession, or whatever. Like that's the part where it's supposed to be the most fun, you know. It's almost like, all right, how do we prepare to get there? And then what's it going to feel like when it's over? And you sort of forget, maybe, uh, especially when you're young, I suppose that while you're in it, that that's the part that you should really be enjoying. When the lights come on, whenever the work is paying off, and you're getting to do uh, what you have have uh, worked on being really good at doing, and that is being the best teammate, being the best team overall. I mean. I just think there are moments where you want to make sure that while you have a bigger picture goal, uh, you're still really embracing just the enjoyment of that day-to-day thing you are engaged in because you're engaged in it for a reason. Number one, you like it, you would like to think, or you possibly love it. But number two, you're really good at it. So I think keeping them in the moment is certainly high on the task list for any head coach. But for Joey McGuire, who's trying to transition the mindset of his program, maybe even more so, Chris, and I, I I thought another quote that stood out to me was him talking about, you know, we're just looking at that light uh, at the end of the tunnel as they bear down on what could be a really exciting season. And of course, I think we're all hoping that it's not an oncoming train that's providing the light uh, there at the end of that tunnel because you never know what the reality is going to be. But there's no question to me, Chris, that as you've gotten into this mode here of thinking, all right, we expect to be contending that there's no doubt that's the theme of the off season I'm asking myself, okay, what's one of or maybe the most important attribute a team like that can have in order to be able to handle that as a team? And I just immediately go to uh, experience, seasoning, age. I go to veterans, and I think I want a locker room with some mature, mature guys in that scenario to be able to handle it. And I wanted to ask you, because I think I know the answer, and I'm kind of excited about it, at least for myself, but... Does Texas Tech have that? And what things pop up to you as far as, okay, what do you need to be able to handle this kind of thing as far as your team or locker room, I guess, makeup is concerned? And back to the quarterback series on Netflix, yeah. uh, I was I was startled at the establishment in Kansas City, the like the pumpkin patch type thing around Halloween when they yeah. when, when Pat and, and they're shooting these apples out of this like machine gun. That was amazing. Thing. I was like, where is this place? Like, you can just go make instant applesauce. How, how uh, you know, I, I mean, that that had to be so, yeah, he's like, doo, 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 you know, and then I'm popping apples out of that deal. Uh, yeah, that, that was fascinating. Come on, um, corn maze and love it. Yeah, Where's your right. apple Gatlin gun? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, you, you, you know, you, you talked about the, the, the other thing about Joey and, and I think that the contingent, um, because, you know, th- some of the takeaways that 
the writers had um, that write about the conference as a whole, uh, regionally, nationally, whatever, there was a lot of, hey, man, I think Texas Tech may be the this year's TCU. Hey, I think Texas Tech may, uh, pun intended here, but upset the apple cart. Um, I think Texas Tech may be the one to watch. And I'm a bit uncomfortable with that. And I, I realize we have had these own conversations about, you know, you can't have it both ways. You either, you know, want the hype and embrace it or you're scared of it because you're, you, you know, whatever. I just, I, I wish there was a little less chatter about it, but I, I realize I can't get, uh, you know, you know, I can't get uh, my way on that because, I mean, it, it's the train is on the tracks now. But I think they've embraced, they're not backing down from the expectation. And I think Joey included. And Joey's, you know, like I said, he's like, giving it a big hug. And he's told you, you know, as we just discussed, he's told you a few of the concerns he's got. Not that they may be massive concerns. And he may he may tell you, I, look, I really ultimately have no reason to, you know, worry, but this is what coaches do. You're always trying to, you know, figure out what, what the, the right buttons are to push. But I think that the group that he takes there uh, to, you know, to Dallas is – you know, and I think Tyler Shuck kind of led it. And I think Hutchins and Bradford too. I think people really see a mature old team. And that's partly that's hand in hand with why you, you're being talked about in some of these conversations about winning the league, playing for a league title, whatever it may be, because of how much age is on your team. I mean, 16 super seniors, I think, last time we, we looked at that and counted it. Uh, there's a lot of age here. And I think that that Tyler Shuck, I think, really impressed people uh, when he got around him last week, uh, just with his. And then you find out that, you know, he's he's going to get married next spring, and Joey's going to. You know, if there was any concern, if there was any concern about Tyler Shuck and some of that the the the, the commentary that he had after that Oklahoma game last year when it was like. I you know I, I believed in myself all along. Some of these people down this hallway didn't. If there was any concern that that was like a real thing, and that that wasn't just you know Tyler like being a competitor and like being fairly transparent uh, about everything, that everybody wasn't on the same page. The guy doesn't ask his head coach to officiate his wedding. I mean that ought to tell you everything you want to know about player coach relationships on this team. And I thought that was a little look behind the curtain as well. I yeah. thought it was pretty, pretty cool stuff. That was super overblown from a season ago. I think yeah. Uh, yeah. the man was just painting a me against the world picture and he got on a roll, you know, you just get on a roll. You didn't believe me. They didn't believe me. My mama didn't believe me. The hallway didn't, he's just not a roll. All right. And uh, by the way, I, I think, you know, the reality that some did question what his future would be after that injury. And then the emergence of Baron Morton, was justified there was at least yeah. one guy on this show that, that questioned <laughs> yeah. what the future was going to be and that yeah. was me so uh i get it i think that was totally overblown and yes i did not know that uh, joey mcguire was set to be uh i think a third time now reverend how about that i think three i, I think mean he knocked out two and, and shuck's gonna be the third and what can he not do man what can he not climbing cranes bringing folks together and Holy matrimony. I mean, what can this guy not beating Texas and OU? Let's not forget that in the same season for the first time in program history. Uh, now just go maybe hit a double digit win 
level and I don't know, bring home some hardware. Let's see if we can put that on the list next. Yeah, and and Callan, the other the other main thing, and this wasn't just like a, and this is goes along the lines of why I think tech feels the way they do, and I think Joey specifically. First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book and the official sports book of Locked On. And there's never been a better time to get in and get busy than right now because you could be getting 10 times your first bet amount back in bonus bets up to 200 bucks win or lose you heard that right you bet 20 bucks you're landing 200 back in bonus bets win or lose so head on over to fanduel.com slash locked on or download the fanduel app safe secure and easy to use and get started today and if you're a winner you're getting paid instantly every time with FanDuel, just one reason why it's the best place to bet and one reason why it's America's number one sports book. So head on over right now to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. And get started today with FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. And Callan, the other the other main thing, and this wasn't just like a, and this is, goes along the lines of why I think Tech feels the way they do, and I think Joey specifically, but it was another theme for the week with especially the new programs, or that this was a conversation that was talked about by everybody, but I think Joey, this is, this is really why he feels so good about his team. But the conversation or the topic was depth. And I think he really likes the depth on the defensive line now in the secondary. And we'll see about, you know, uh, if A.J. McCarty is eligible or, or not to play immediately. But, but it was just depth on his football team, depth at wide receiver, obviously depth at quarterback. Uh, you've got a little more depth now at offensive line. Uh, on and on it goes. And he, because he's, he's talking about, well, we, we got six different guys that could start at outside linebacker. And like, there, there's no drop off. Well, w- when you talk about the new programs, it's like listening to Dana and, and, uh, you know, Gus Malzahn and some, some of these new coaches. It was all about, they all in unison kind of talked about, well, we looked up about a year and a half ago and we realized we've got to, we've got to attack the depth standpoint, uh, especially up front on both sides of the ball. That's where we're not necessarily big 12 ready. And they've kind of tried to do everything they could to get to that point uh, for right now as they're about to debut in the league this fall. But that's why I think Joey feels so good about, uh, and, and he's trying to tell everybody how good Steve Linton is, Callan, you know, yeah. and, and, and all that. And some people I think are probably going, okay. And other people are like, man, you know, am I, do I need to buy this? Uh, do I, do I believe, you know, how good this kid may be and he could, he can ably replace Tyree Wilson, but some of that defensive line depth, I know he spent a lot of time talking about, but that was kind of a theme from the week I thought was kind of fascinating and it's a valid point, man. We've talked about it. You got to have depth to get through the week in and week out. And it's a grind. Yeah, no question. And uh, before we leave the media day conversation, let's get to the guy that was, well, probably in the second nicest suit uh, in the building behind uh, Joey McGuire, who had had quite the jacket. Um, that being Brett Yormark, Chris, I, I know the future of the Big 12 Conference is obviously one that's very intriguing and in part uh, because of the impact that it will have on uh, other leagues and vice versa. Um, Yormark 
fairly mum, I think, on the uh, future of the league as far as expansion is concerned. He talked about, you know, having a plan and they hope to execute it uh, very soon. There was talk of whether or not there was, you know, a magic number to be at or not. Um, but some of what he did in just touting goals achieved, I guess you would say, he had the big list there at the beginning uh, of his presentation saying just simply last year off the field. And if you didn't see this graphic, the title said last year, I said the Big 12 is open for business since then. And he goes on to name, I, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 different items as it relates to things that have been attached to the Big 12 conference. I, I was a little more, uh, I guess, taken with with some of that as opposed to maybe more realignment-oriented conversation. Uh, but it was definitely a different feel as far as the way that your commissioner was not only presenting himself individually, but presenting the conference. I think that was obvious for anybody to pick up on that's uh, taken in a Big 12 media day or two <laughs> in years yeah. prior. It was a different vibe, right? Yeah, I think his task has been to, to monetize uh, various aspects of the league. And I think, you know, it was kind of interesting because he talked about, you know, everybody's asking him about expansion and the media rights deal with the unnamed conference, which is the Pac-12 and all that. And he he admitted, he's like, I don't, and he doesn't know for sure, but he's like, I don't think I get my same, you know, deal that we got the league right now that we did when we took it. And we were just fortunate that everybody was on board and that we were able to negotiate early and then jump on it uh, because I don't, that it has changed. The, the, the landscape has changed and it's constantly changing. Um, I think that as far as the realignment part, he, you know, he gives you the, 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 you know, spiel about we've got a plan. We're hoping to execute it sooner than later on and on. We, we we have a feel for what we think he, he means. Uh, it, it sounds like San Diego State is not uh, a factor in there. Doing nothing may be a, a factor or an option. Certainly waiting on the uh, the Pac-12, uh, specifically Colorado and Arizona, and then I think UConn, and I'm not sure where Gonzaga is. But um, but he, uh, he, he, he does indicate, and I thought this was interesting, because I don't know, I guess this is true. Uh, I don't, I don't know. You give me your opinion, but he said, since we've talked about expansion, I realized that our fans, our Big Twelve fans, have a passion for growth, and they want to grow this league. And so, I mean, I guess that's true. I think I don't think anybody just wants to grow it just to grow it. But I think, I think that yeah, if you're talking about some of the the possibilities there with the Pac-12 institutions, I think, yeah, there is a passion for growth. I don't know if I'm wanting to grow so much as to feel like I need to include UConn or Gonzaga or a bunch of these basketball schools. I don't know. I, but I, but I, that's what he said. And I thought that was a little look and in, in him being a bit transparent is that, Oh, there's some, there's some passion for growth here. So that's what we're looking to do. All right, we're stepping away from Big 12 Media Days. Next, we'll get back to the 806 and what is next as the countdown to fall camp is truly on for Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders. Next on Locked on Texas Tech. Glad to have you along for the ride on Locked on Texas Tech on the Locked on Podcast Network. Your first listen every day on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube if you haven't so far so you Never miss an episode. What is next on the Red Raider radar? 
well, it's fall camp for the most part. We are truly in countdown mode as we get closer to that. But Chris, just wondering what's next, anything and everything for Joey McGuire and his staff or the team, the players uh, between now and fall camp. Is it, you know, whether it's recruiting priorities or something, you know, totally not to do with 2023 or uh, is there any chance for a breath to be taken? Are there weddings to officiate, cranes to climb? I don't know. <laughs> but what, what's what's some of what's on the schedule here uh, for these guys in their final few uh, days and weeks? Yeah, so the 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 staff has been off for a couple of weeks uh, as, as recruiting kind of hit the dead period at the beginning of, of July-ish. I don't know exactly what date, but that's kind of really the one sweet spot of the calendar year to where they can get away, get with their families, and Joey kicks them out of the office. You know, there's about two to two and a half week sweet spot there, and that is basically just wrapped up. And so most of the staff, if you're listening to us uh, on a Monday, most of the staff is is at uh, or in attendance at the Texas High School Coaches Association Convention and coaching school and all those things. Uh, I think Coach McGuire spoke at various things. I know uh, Coach Hamby was speaking uh, I think there's a variety of different tech staff members that had different, uh, uh, you know, topics that they were going to touch on, some on the field, some in, in classroom settings, and all that stuff. And I think that's, you know, example of Joey be, being being what he is, man, and, and don't for, not forgetting his roots. Uh, and I think that, that's gone a long way into how well you've recruited and, and all those things. But the team doesn't report until I think it's I think you report August third, and I think first practice is August the fourth. I think is right. So you know, there's there's a few more weeks of of quote unquote off season. Yeah, and I think that's weight room. That's finishing up. You know, the second session of summer school, and and, and things like that. But I, I don't anticipate this to be like a quiet couple of weeks. But it is a couple of weeks out before that countdown clock in the old locker room strike zero and, and then camp officially, you know, begins. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're, that, that's what media days always does to you is like, you get excited about everything and then you realize, damn, there's like seven more weeks before we play a game. There's about, you know, two more, three more weeks before practice officially starts. But again, it's, it's one of those things you got to check off the list before you can get uh, from one to the other. Yeah, and one of the things Media Days did to me uh, this time around was uh, make me wonder whether or not Tyler Shuck could play defensive tackle for you. Uh, did you notice the uh, picture of the the representatives there with Coach McGuire outside the stadium and uh, Tyler Shuck towering <laughs> over everyone? And I mean, not just towering, but thick-set-looking dude heading into 2020. I was blown away, Chris, by the size of of Tyler and I met the dude in person stood on even ground with him. I mean, I know he is not a small man, but when, when I saw that photo of him, it kind of reminded me of uh, Tyree Wilson last year. I hate to make that comparison because there's nobody <laughs> that really reminds you of Tyree Wilson, but the, the differential and you got two uh, DTs uh, that are standing there in that photo. You got Jerron Bradley, not a small individual, but I was uh, just one note before we wrap this sucker up and I was blown away by uh, the profile of Tyler Shuck, the dude we've, you and I've talked about it. Uh, some of the signs that he's been adding this off season look to be for real. And man, it really got me wondering, got the, uh, gears turning, uh, wondering about the ways in which he could be used this season. And I just keep thinking about how physical he was in Ames, Iowa, 
And with some added bulk, you think that's going to lessen? I doubt it, but time will tell, I guess. You know, his size is as much of a reason as, as, as any other as why the NFL folks look at him and go, I, I think you can play in this league uh, because he is, you know, you see 6'5", 235, or 6'4", you know, I don't know specifically, you know, the, the height there, you know, I don't know if he's closer to 6'3", or if he's closer to 6'5", but he is, uh, you know, he's not Donovan Smith tall, but he's really close, and he's really thick, but he has, you know, everyone will tell you, he added some weight and kept his speed, if not improved it. And I think that that's where he really surprised a lot of folks last year that just they thought they had him figured out on what he was. And then they see something different or like, didn't know this about him. And, you know, because he's this kind of big white dude and you don't think athletic big white dude. You just think, OK, I've seen a lot of big white dudes that play quarterback that can't move well. Well, he's not one of those. And, you know, I mean, his his injuries uh, in Austin and then last year versus Murray State are both with him getting down the field or diving into the end zone because he is athletic and, and, and all those things. And I thought it was interesting because he was asked a lot about this. Like, hey, man, what are you, you going to try to do to stay healthy? And he's like, you know, I got to be smarter and this and that. But he's like – Everybody's kind of like labeled me. I'd never missed a game prior to these other two injuries because of injury. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Tony Romo broke his collarbone like six times. And he's going, he, he had to hit all the, all, all these quarterbacks that have had similar issues. And, you know, he's like, it just happens. You know, I had, had some bad luck, but um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's fun that you notice how it's a large human man and he's a signal caller and, He's not going to shy away from contact. I think you need to be a little bit smarter, yes, but that that's just kind of who he is. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see uh, what the 2023 version of Tyler Shuck looks like. Hopefully, it looks like a healthy version. Thought everybody did a great job. Not that you would expect uh, anything different, but always love to hear uh, Tony Bradford or from turn, Tony Bradford and, and the others that were in tow there, but I, I thought they did a great job uh, representing Texas Tech. And uh, as I mentioned, Joey McGuire, number one jacket in the building you would have to imagine with the little oh. pirate tribute there on the inside it, it's it, it, he, he just doesn't miss a thing man it, it was a <laughs> subtle it was a subtle you know tip of the cap to somebody that meant so much to the program that he now coaches in and I, I think it's a it's a way to tip his cap to Mike and almost tip his cap to the fans that loved Mike so much uh, and for yes. what he did for football and high school football in general, it, it was just, you know, cause nobody saw that coming. Nobody thinks that he's going to show up to big 12 media days and have some tribute in the lining of a sports coat, but it was, it was perfect, man. It, it was perfect. And on the line, along the lines of Tony and Jalen, uh, last thing I'll say before we get out of here or, or for my part of it, I'm going to miss those guys, man. They have become staples and spokesperson. Uh, just they are the epitome of student athlete and perfect examples of what it's supposed to look like whenever a kid goes to college. They have squeezed as much out of Texas Tech as they possibly could. Multiple degrees, uh, you know, and, and everything. 
and and gotten to play football and all that along the line. But Texas Tech has soaked up as much from those two individuals as they possibly could have either. And uh, I just think uh, it, it's it's a fascinating duo that we'll remember around here for a long, long time. And I hope their best football is still ahead of them, and I think it might be. And happy 36th birthday is coming up for both of those guys, or whatever the number is. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, they're uh, I mean, they're just part of the family at this point in time. Yes. They've been here uh, so long, and maybe the best still yet to come. You hope from a team perspective some achievements are there for them this season that will reward uh, some of the uh, stick-to-itiveness that they have shown, to use an industry term. All right, we're out of here. Back on the other side with plenty more to get to. We'll talk about some of the defensive back concentration we've seen from Texas Tech on the recruiting trail recently. We've got TBT action coming your way in the LBK here this week. Some Red Raider legends in the 806 that we'll see on the floor from United Supermarkets Arena. And why does Kirby Hokut think Chris Del Connie is still scared? We'll get to that and much, much more coming up this week on Locked On Texas Tech. Chris, looking forward to doing it with you once again tomorrow, man. See you then. Absolutely. Keep hope alive, everybody. Glad to be back. Uh, We're going to embrace the grind and we're not going anywhere for a good long while. Subscribe on YouTube so you never miss an episode. And thanks again for making us your first listen on YouTube or wherever you got this podcast. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. We'll see you for the next round on Locked on Texas Tech.